0: What an appropriate solo that Jim Miller sang for this message. Lord, help me, Lord Jesus. I know what I've wasted. And that resonates with me. And I hope it resonates with you this morning because this message is about forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself. How many of us have walked around for years with guilt in our hearts, recrimination, staying, remembering the bad things that we did, even though we're saved, even though God has taken you away from those things, yet we remember the things that we did and wished we didn't do. We're terribly burdened, and you can't have a triumphant Christian life unless you ultimately forgive yourself with the help of God. I know people that are in their 90s, believe it or not, Christians who have said to me, oh, but I still can't forget what I did. And the people that I would want to go back and speak to are now gone with the Lord. And I said to them, look, the Lord loves you. He's forgiven you. You have to put that aside. You can't walk around with this burden of guilt. And frankly, there are whole denominations that are predicated on guilt, predicated on guilt where people think that they have to go every week or whatever it is and confess, not recognizing that they've been forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ when they've come to salvation. So we've spent the last two weeks speaking about forgiveness in every aspect of our life. But today we're going to discuss the most difficult aspect of forgiveness, yourself. Forgiving yourself for what you did and remembering that God has washed that away from you. Many of us walk this way for years, and we wonder why we don't see the joy of the Spirit of God in our hearts. How can there be joy when you get up in the morning and the first thing you think about is what you did and what you said and how you regret it and you wish you had a chance to do it over again? How could you have been so stupid? Why did you do that? Why were you so hurtful? And yet, yet God has forgiven you. And I want you to know that, that this is a sermon that's very easy for me to give because I think back to the many of the things that I did, even in court, uh, and, and I have regrets about them. In fact, if I told you everything, you would run me out of the pulpit on a rail. So that's between me and him, just as everything that you're dealing with is between you and God. You don't confess it to a man, you confess it to God. Amen. And so let's understand this. Now, with the help of the Lord Jesus today, I'm hoping that many of you will learn to forgive yourself. Now, there is a famous quote we'll put on the board from C.S. Lewis, that great author and theologian, on this very issue. And he said, quote, if we fail to forgive ourselves when God has done so, we make ourselves a higher judge than him. How about that? All right? If you don't forgive yourself, then you have replaced God in your heart because he's already forgiven you. And you now have basically taken the place of God. Uh, And you can't do that. You bow before him. And so the most difficult person to forgive is yourself. It's an absolute fact. You reflect over things that you did in your life and you have recriminations. How could I do that? How could I say that? What made me do that? I thought I was saved and yet I fall. Yes, you were saved, but you fall. That's why Jesus said you had to be washed. Your feet were washed even as you're saved. Uh, and so, what you understand is that many times in your life, you did things that didn't align with your moral code, they were wrong yet you made the mistake. And if you had the chance to do it over again today, I'll bet most likely you wouldn't do it uh, as you've grown and sanctified with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we deal with this issue of shame, as we come to terms with it, it's critical that you answer it and put it before the throne of God, because you cannot be Everything that God wants you to be. You cannot walk forward with Jesus if you're carrying the shame and regret of a lifetime. Look, the whole idea of what Jesus did on the cross is to fully forgive you. That's why we have come to Christ, because we needed to have this removed from our lives. I can't reflect on the stupidity of a lifetime. But instead, I look at the cross of Jesus in every way of my life, and that's what he wants you to do. So forgiving yourself uh, comes through the Holy Spirit uh, and through the scripture that God has given us, asking for guidance and wisdom from the Lord Jesus Christ, helping us to overcome feelings of guilt, uh, shame, and self-blame. That's what this is about. Uh, And scripture, you see, offers numerous examples to us of forgiveness to ourselves and to others, both from God and others, and provides guidance on how to extend this forgiveness not only to others, but to ourselves. Now, one example you see of self-forgiveness through scripture is found in 1 John 1, verse 9, which states, "'If we confess our sins, "'he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins,' and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, it's that simple. It doesn't require you doing anything special other than looking to the Lord Jesus Christ and saying, Father, forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me. And when you come with that kind of heart, he washes you, he cleanses you, he removes that, that issue from your life, and he helps to sanctify you. And you can walk away triumphant, knowing that he's done this for you. Now, it's important that you believe in the power of God's forgiveness and trust in his grace and mercy, and that's the thing, because a lot of us say, I'm born again, I walk with Christ, but we have not believed fully in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to wash our sins, to wash the blame, to wash the regret. Look, we all can sit here and think about the acts of stupidity that we've done in our life. Is that helpful? Is that advancing you in the walk of Christ? Really, is that doing that? Or instead, bowing before God and saying, thank you, Father, for what you've done to bring me to this point and help me to walk with you every day. Look, look at Philippians chapter 3 and recognize that this was written by the Apostle Paul. Can you get a better example of a guy who did some really bad things? Really bad things. He devastated the church in Jerusalem. He devastated it. Families were broken apart. People went to prison. Even Stephen came to death under Paul's watch. All of this was done by Paul as he was really consumed with evil, and yet God used him. Look what he says here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen, church? You understand? You're the same way. God has called you to advance the cause of Jesus Christ. You don't look at behind. You don't look from where you came. You don't think about the things that you've done. Instead, you look forward. And if the guy who committed all of these errors and all these sins can say it and become really the greatest evangelist in the history of the world, writing two-thirds of the New Testament, if he can say it, how much more for us today? Now, these verses encourage us to focus uh, on the future and to let go of the past mistakes. By shifting our focus to Christ on the cross and focusing on the future, we can move forward in our lives with a new, renewed purpose of life. This is what God wants from you. And so when you get up in the morning, instead of thinking about all the dumb things and stupid things and regrettable things you did, get up and say, Thank you, Jesus, for wiping the slate uh, clean. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a chance to serve you. And this is what he wants from you. He wants you to serve him. He wants you to find a place in the kingdom of God. Look, the Bible makes it clear, and Jesus made this clear uh, in Mark chapter 12, where he said that we are to, to love God and love our neighbor and love ourselves. Yes, love yourselves. God said it, love your neighbor as yourself. So when you come to Christ, all right, it's not a narcissistic love, but it's a spiritual sanctified love where you recognize what God did for you. Look at Mark 12, verse 31 where Jesus said the second commandment is this, talking about the great, the two great commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. That covers everything. God has commanded us to love ourselves, to respect ourselves, to recognize what God has done for us. And he places loving Uh, ourselves with the importance of loving our neighbors as well. That's how God has linked this. And so many of us have forgotten this, burdened, really, by guilt. And so God says, snap out of it. Snap out of it today. Leave church with a different purpose in your heart. And now most of us, if not all of us, struggle to really love ourselves when we get down to it because we reflect on some of the worst moments of our life. Don't we do that? Don't you sit there at these times and go back and think of what you did? I do. And say, "Oh, could I have done that? Where was I, Lord? How could I have done that? How could I have said that? How could I have acted that way? Uh, And even when we have success in life, we think back that if people knew what we did, they wouldn't respect us. And that's another thing that we reflect on. They would think that we're not a good person. Well, let me tell you something. The only person that counts is him. All right, you understand? And he knows what he did for you because he died for you on a cross. And so here's the thing. When you have in the past betrayed your moral values, done things that you're ashamed of, we punish ourselves. We punish ourselves. Now here's the deal. We should feel bad about sin. Make no mistake about it. This is not about uh, a kumbaya message where I said bring out the marshmallows and light a fire. Somebody said to me today in church, you're not going to beat me up again, are you? You spent two weeks beating me up. I said, no, there's no beating up today. Today we put the salve on the wound because today God is telling you how much he loves you and cares for you and how he wants you to grow in a happy life. Uh, And so, yes, we feel bad about sin. uh, And yes, we experience guilt. But how do we respond? We don't sit there and wallow in it. We confess it to God. We ask God to deliver us from this, and that sorrow leads to repentance. You understand? That's what this is about. That's the nature of guilt. That's the nature of sorrow. It leads to repentance. And when we repent, we receive forgiveness. That's how God wants us to do Everything that we've done has been cast upon Jesus Christ. I want you to remember this. 2,100 years ago, Jesus died on the cross for you. You weren't born. You weren't even a memory at that point, but he died for you. And when he died for you, every single sin, every bad act, Every act of commission, every act of omission was forgiven by him on the cross. How about you now forgiving yourself to turn to God and asking for help in this important area? Now, the first step, the first step uh, in forgiving yourself is to stop punishing yourself for the bad things you've said or done in the past. Look, we've heard all these phrases. Nobody's perfect to err is human, or we have all done it, yet we've not been caught. You understand that. And so why are we being so hard on ourselves when the very recognition of humanity is failure? We're all going to fall. We're all going to fail. The gospel message is clear. God paid the penalty for your sin through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You do not have to pay for it again yourself. All right? And so when I see, unfortunately, these denominations where people are walking around with a lifetime of guilt and regret and always acting as if they're one step from falling out of of salvation into the abyss, my heart breaks. My heart breaks. Look, God paid for your sins. You are saved Forever. That's the eternal security that God has given us. Nothing that you do once you're saved is going to take you out of the hand of Jesus Christ. All right? So come to terms with that, with what God has done for you. And so one of the reasons uh, forgiving ourselves is hard. uh, And when we've relate to negative feelings about ourselves, we reflect about things that have happened in the past where people may have said things about us, where people may have said, you know, you're selfish. You're narcissistic. You're a loser. You know this. And when you hear that, and then what happens when you fall? What happens? You go, yeah, he's right. That's what I am. I am a loser. Instead of recognizing you're a child of God, God has delivered you and loves you. Uh, And so this is what you need to say. Even some of us as children, we may have had parents that are trying to discipline us told us we're selfish. You're selfish. Well, then later in life, when you go through life and all of a sudden you make a mistake and you do something and hurt somebody you care about and they say, you know what? You're a selfish person. You're always a selfish person. And then the recriminations come again. You see, it comes again. uh, And it's not resolved and so what I want you to understand today is recognizing that humans grow by understanding trial and error. That's how we grow in this world. We move forward, we make a mistake. We pick ourselves up in the love of God and we, we move on. We go forward with the love of Christ. All right? That's how we learn, even as we fail. This process happens over and over and over again. What does it mean? It means you're going to fall from time to time. You're not going to lead a perfect life. Do you honestly think that I could come up here and preach to you if all I did was dwell on the things I did in my life? Do you think I could do that? Right? My dad used to say, when you point out to the congregation, remember you got three fingers pointing back at you, John, three fingers pointing back at you. And so I understand this. But I couldn't preach to you. I couldn't get up here and talk, which is why it took almost a lifetime for me to resolve these things because I had to come to understand I wasn't holy. Yes, I looked at my father. He was holy. I looked at my grandfather. He was holy. But I wasn't. How could I do this until I recognized that nobody's holy? None of us are holy. Only when we're washed in the blood of Christ are we holy? And when we do that, we have to understand he wipes the slate free. It's clean. It's a way. And so I want you to understand this. You have to understand that, that salvation is the ultimate act of grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Uh, and what he has done for us is incredible. And you need to accept it and to bring it in part of your life and walk that way look, there's a test that you can do affirmatively between yourself and God, and that's to take a piece of paper and write a list of the things that you have done in which you have not forgiven yourself. Some of us are going to need a pretty thick pad, all right? And just sit there and write by yourself, what have I done that I haven't forgiven myself over? And after you've prepared that list, bow your head, bow your head and say, Lord, I'm not perfect. I've made terrible mistakes. I love you, Lord. Forgive me and take this burden away from me. Take it away from me. Remove it from me. Take it out of my mind and replace it with the love of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Because I don't want to carry this baggage around. I don't want to walk around with this because I cannot serve you to the extent that, that you want me to. And under the grace and forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ, he will release you from that debt. Uh, because of those circumstances, the Lord has now forgiven you. Go and forgive yourself. Look, we need to make forgiveness a lifestyle as we move forward in our in our Christian life. Consider how much time, pain, anxiety, and energy you 've already spent in your life mulling over the pain and desire for justice in your head, mulling over the regrets. In your head. How often you've done that. Think about that. Isn't it time to rid yourself of that pain and to move forward with Jesus Christ? We have to focus on on scripture and look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. And again, this is Brother Paul. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. This is the kind of life God wants you to have. He wants you to walk like this. He wants you to walk in forgiveness and grace and mercy. He wants you to forgive just as Jesus did. You know, they used to have a, a bracelet that would say, What would Jesus do? You know, and we ought to bring those back. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus act in this circumstance? And the fact is that Jesus constantly forgave in every aspect of his life. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Well, how do you do that? Well, you do it under the Holy Spirit. And God has given you the Holy Spirit when you were saved. And then look at the fruit of the Spirit that's come into your life. Because you are holy people. You're a righteous people. You're a sanctified people. So clothe yourself, really, with compassion. Become compassionate. Be the kind of person when you see pain that your heart goes out. Look for that. Be the kind of person when you hear a song like Jim Miller sang today that your heart breaks. Your heart breaks. And in fact, guess what? You may have a couple of tears. Why? Because God speaks to your heart. The compassion in your heart sympathizes with what God has said, and you're sensitive to this. Look at, be more kind. This is another aspect. Are you acting in kindness to this world? Are you kind to your wife? Let's start there. Are you kind to your children, or you're still nasty from time to time? All right? Be kind and be humble. Be humble in every aspect of your life recognize that whatever you have, he gave it to you. You didn't get where you were or have what you were because you were a smart little boy or girl. You got it because Jesus gave it to you, all right? Somebody said to me the other day, well, I can't believe you don't take a salary uh, as the pastor and have never taken a salary. And I said, no, I never will, but here's the deal. Don't worry about me because he paid me in advance before I started, He paid me in advance. Do you understand? The recognition that he poured it into my life before I ever set one step up here. That's what he did. And you have to recognize the same thing. It becomes critical to understand this. And then ultimately to have patience. Patience. Patience with others. Patience with your family. And yes, patience with yourself. I mean, really, just driving around in Naples. You know what that's like. Ask the Lord to fill your car with patience because so many of us lose it, all right? And I don't say we lose our salvation over it because we can't, but we lose our sanctification over it. You understand? That's what happens because we lose our minds. Our goal should always be to make ourselves more like Jesus. You understand? If we claim to love Jesus, and we do, and we believe that he loves us, and we do, then why should we continue to trash ourselves? You understand? Why are you trashing yourself? And so many of us are doing this every day as we drag that bag of regret and recriminations. Get rid of it. Move forward in a triumphant life. Now, here's the thing. You don't have to forgive everyone at the same time all right I know I've spoken to some people today who told me they're working on it but it's a hard walk I understand you don't have to forgive everyone at the same time but once at a time as you go through the list that needs to be taken care of you ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit and he will pour this love and humility in your life and you will eventually get through that list that will include yourself Uh, And so once you've experienced the grace of Jesus Christ, you will let go of that hurt. You will embrace the cross of Christ, and you will find that you will have joy in your life. Yes, you will have joy. Do you wonder why so many Christians are not happy? How can they be happy when they're reflecting about the things that they've done? You can't be happy if you think, oh, wow, 20 years ago what I did. Oh, what I did to my wife. Oh, what I did to my employees. How could I have done that, what I did in court? How could I destroy somebody like that in court, all right, and like it, you know, and like it? How could I do that? I regret those things, don't you think? But I can't reflect on them. I can't ruminate on it. He called me to a greater purpose. I serve a far greater boss now than I ever did before, and I want to please him. I want to walk with him, and that's what God wants from us. This is what he wants, This is basically good for your own mental health. So it's not just a spiritual uh, help. It's a mental help as well. So many of you are walking around in a constant state of depression, reflecting on these things, reflecting on broken marriages. I understand you have regrets about that marriage, but guess what? Whatever mistakes were made, were made. God has forgiven you and has moved you forward. All right, you respect your ex spouse, you move forward, you respect your kids and move forward, but God has called you to a greater purpose and given you a greater cause in your life. Uh, And so here's the thing it's always easier to forgive someone if they show contrition and they apologize to you. But you know what? Most times that's not gonna happen. Most times people that have hurt you are not gonna come on bended knee. and ask you to forgive them. That doesn't matter. You forgive them anyway. You don't need their forgiveness in order to forgive them. It's between them and God. You have taken them and put it in God's hands. That's what you've done. And you have to be the bigger person. This is how you will have a healthy spiritual walk. God wants you to do this. And look, it's basic human nature to want to get even. I understand All right, somebody has done something to you. You want to reach out. You want to punch them. You want to grab them. Uh, And this is just as you're driving your car in Naples. All right, and I understand this. But what this does, it prolongs the bitterness of unforgiveness. You understand? It prolongs it. And so you have to say, God, Father, take these thoughts away from me. Take this mindset away from me. Help me, Lord, to understand what you want me to do in my life. Uh, And so no one knows the sheer volume of mistakes, bad intentions, and evil thoughts we have had but ourselves. No one. It's between you and God. You don't tell it to another human being. You don't confess it to another human being. You confess it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, sometimes the horrible things people say about us lines up with reality. I'm sorry to say that. And when that happens, you need to ask God to change your conduct in every way. But all of us are human beings. All of us have made mistakes. But within the love of God, as we walk with the love and grace of God, we have to learn to forgive your younger, dumber self and release the shame and guilt. Now, as you forgive one person at a time, the load you have carried will begin to lift and you will find more joy in your life. That's what I'm looking for. I want to be joyful. I want to thank God for everything that he's given me. I want to walk in the grace of God, knowing that he calls me and has carried me every day, bringing me to advance the kingdom of God. What an example that is. There's so many ways that once this joy comes into your life, that you can serve God in this church right here. There are many ways that you're allowed to serve God uh, and better able to respect yourself and protect yourself from habitual violators of your soul. And let me say something about that. If someone has hurt you in the past and done terrible things to you, even as you forgive them, remove them from your life. You understand? God doesn't expect you to open the door and bring them back into your life even as you've forgiven them. That's not what God wants you to do. And so if you know that there's an habitual violator of your life that has hurt you badly, you have forgiven them. You ask God to protect you, but you put a wall up. You don't bring them back even if they are related to you. Let's understand that. Now, Paul, again, I love this guy. When I get to heaven, he's one of the people I'm going to look to talk to. I want to see what this guy is like. And, you know, here he is. This is a human dynamo. He was about five feet tall. You understand? He had nothing physically that was attractive. They say he had a hooked nose. right? Uh, They say he was bald. Uh, And yet this was a guy who was a virtual dynamo for Jesus Christ. Can you imagine writing two-thirds of the New Testament, even knowing what you've done to the church in Jerusalem, even knowing that you put people in prison, that you were responsible for people that died? And yet look at how he lived his life. Uh, and understanding what a great salvation we have. Look at his example. Look what he says here in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 15. Look at what he says. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. How about that? the guy who was the greatest evangelist in the history of the world, signing up and said, I'm the worst sinner of all because he understood what God did for him. All right? And look what he continues to say. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him And receive eternal life. He has made me an example to others. They look at me and say, oh my. If he's done that to you, who were a terrible sinner, how much more can he do for me? This is why I, I focused on the 23rd Psalm. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Why? In the presence of my enemies so that the world could see what he's doing for you, how he's blessing you, how he's forgiving you, how he's affirming you and lifting you up. That's what it's about. Paul understood this. All right? Paul understood this, and he says there in that same passage now to the immortal, invisible, the only God, being honor and glory forever. His very sins were used by God as an avenue by which God was glorified. And God wants to do the same for you. He wants to be glorified through your life. And so he can only do that when you accept salvation and you walk away from regret and blame. Because then you become joyful. Then you become useful in the kingdom of God. Uh, and so rather than refuse uh, to understand what God had done for him, uh, and rather refusing to forgive himself and to wallow, effectively, in that former life, he received God's forgiveness and rejoiced in it. Oh, my Lord, let us all be like that. Let us rejoice in the forgiveness of God in every way. This is how God wants to, uh, us to operate in the kingdom. This is the essence of how we're, we have to do it. This, this sermon is heavy on my heart. You don't need to tell me, but I know that many of you are walking around in this situation. I know it, I've seen it in my own family. Um, and, and my heart is burdened for you. And so as we focus on this issue of, of self-forgiveness, Paul tells us that now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation any longer. It's done. Look at Romans 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. No one can condemn you. No person, no kingdom, no power, no authority, but the king of all kings has already taken care of that. You are free Forever. He also says that once we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Look what he says in First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Look, you're not the same person you were before. Yes, you did stupid things. Yes, you did hurtful things, but now you're a new creation. Now you're convicted. Uh, And now you wouldn't do that again because you reflect. But if you do make a mistake, you pick yourself up and God will wash that debris off your body just as he did with the disciples. And so here's the important part of this message I want you to remember. If you continue to condemn yourself after receiving the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ, if you continue to condemn yourself You seriously, seriously shortchange the gospel of Christ. And a passage that seems especially relevant on this subject is found in Hebrews 4, verses 3 to 6, which we have on the board. And I ask you to take serious consideration of this passage. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said, so I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet, his works, God's works, have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in the passage above, he says, They shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some, to enter that rest, and then since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, what do we understand? If you don't go in and accept the rest of God, God, you will not receive it. All right? It's very simple. God's promised rest is for those who accept it, who accept salvation, who accept forgiveness. God wants you to have that rest. He wants you to have a clean slate. He wants you to have a powerful life. And so therefore, it remains for us, you see, to enter into that rest, to accept what he's done for us, to accept forgiveness, to wipe the slate free, because if we don't, we're sinning against God. Walking around like this, recriminating yourself, living uh, with those debts is not good. It's bad. You're violating God's will. Uh, And so God really wants you to address that issue today. Look, we learn, we learn that we enter into the promised land of God's rest by fully embracing his grace. Uh, We find rest when we believe that all of our sins have been washed away. Everything that we have done wrong has been taken away. Uh, And that is truly meant, truly meant when you finally can forgive yourself and rest In the forgiveness of God. This is how he wants you to live. Look, there's several other verses that need your attention, but if I give you one that has a special insight, it's Ephesians 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Remember what Christ did for you. Remember where you were before you came to Christ. Remember what it was like to live that kind of life and to have that kind of blame and regret. And now he's lifted you up. He's taken you away from that. He's given you a triumphant life. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's allowed you to be sanctified and walk with him and walk through the cross and to come together in a church like this where you're beloved and to be with other Christians who love you and want to walk with you and giving you the, the ability to forgive others every single day of your life. This is the very rest, you see. This is the rest that Jesus Christ gave to us on the cross. This is the message that I have for you today. I pray that you consider it and ask God to let it resonate in your life. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I thank you for this message, Father. I thank you for this series on forgiveness, Father. I ask you that we continue to ruminate on it and lift it in our lives, Lord. But I ask you, Father, today that there are people in this congregation who have not forgiven themselves, who walk around with that bag of recrimination and blame, even though they're saved, yet they cannot really rest in you, Lord. And so I ask you within your perfect will, to lift them up and affirm them. Give them the grace and mercy to see what this error is in their life. Let them walk and receive the very rest that you have decreed for us. Help us to walk away from the past and spend every day for the rest of our life walking towards the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, we put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you, church.